0: Okay, so last night you and I watched Baby Driver, which is a a very good movie. It's very entertaining. It's fun. It's a good watch. Um, The movie is inspired and named after a song by Simon and Garfunkel called Baby Driver. Uh, And the lyrics sort of like loosely apply to the movie, um, but also kind of sort of don't. And so I was thinking about I was thinking about Baby Driver last night, and I was like, they should do other movies that are also named after and loosely based off of classic rock songs. So I have three movies that are made up; they're not real. That uh, I've come up with that are based off of very famous classic rock songs, and I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to read you the plot synopsis for this fake movie, and you have to try and guess. What classic rock song are they be named? Are they
1: pretty famous? Are they pretty famous songs? Because I'm afraid I just won't know the songs.
0: They're very famous. I went like super, super mainstream.
1: Okay, I still feel like I'm going to embarrass myself, but we can try.
0: Okay, I I I intentionally picked ones that I feel like you definitely know. Okay, Okay, so here's the first one. You ready? Yeah. Okay. The owner of a hotel located on an isolated stretch of Mojave Desert Road imprisons his guests in a labyrinthian and nightmarish series of deadly encounters with all manner of sinful bacchanalia and gruesome ordeals. So what (laughs) classic rock song do you think that movie would be named after?
1: I have no fucking idea. (laughs) I got so lost in that. That sounded really genuinely like a real... A uh, movie plot
0: <laughs> um, I, I would watch this movie I made it up but I would watch it
1: Um, I don't know I don't know what song that is
0: do you want me to read it to you one more time
1: yeah give it to me one more time
0: okay I'll give you the most important part is the first the first part of the synopsis The owner of a hotel located on an isolated stretch of Mojave Desert Road imprisons his guests in a labyrinthian and nightmarish series of deadly encounters with all manner of sinful bacchanalia and gruesome ordeals.
1: Is that Hotel California?
0: (laughs) It's Hotel California, yes. (laughs) You got it. Uh, The tagline for that movie on the movie poster would be, you can check out, but you can never leave. (laughs)
1: That the fact that you turn job. that you got the first one, you turn that into a horror movie. That's incredible.
0: I that song has always creeped me out just a little bit. The part where they it's a uh, they stab and stab with their steely knives, but they just can't kill the beast. That line has creeped me out since I was a small child. It freaks me out. Like, I'm just imagining like a big group of people who are like all dressed up really fancy, like stabbing a giant boar over and over again, and it just won't die.
1: All right, give me another one.
0: Okay, here's the second one. A handsome but reserved skydiving instructor learns to open up when a no-nonsense businesswoman who is afraid of heights begins showing up at his work. Can he help her conquer her fear of jumping? And can she help him conquer his fear of commitment?
1: I have a guess, but it's Uh so... It's insane. Give it to me. This cannot... Is this free-falling? (laughs) <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> I hate you so much. Free fallen by Tom Petty. I hate that these are genuinely <laughs> wonderful ideas.
0: The tagline for this movie is she's a good girl, he's a bad boy. They're both free fallen. So you're you're two for three. There's only one more. You ready for the last one?
1: Yeah, let me let me get it.
0: Okay. This one's a little longer than the other two. The owner of a trampoline park imprisons visitors in a bouncy and nightmarish series of deadly trampoline related traps. He loves his job until he starts to fall for one of his victims, a no-nonsense businesswoman who is afraid of trampolines. Can he help her conquer her fear of commitment? And does she feel the same way? Or is she just trying to escape his trampoline hell zone? So I sort of ran ran out ideas for this one a little bit. Um.
1: I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get this one unless I get a hint. Because that was in what you just said was insanity.
0: <laughs> Do you want to hear it one more time?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me. I'll focus on the words.
0: Okay. The owner of a trampoline park imprisons visitors in a bouncy and nightmarish series of deadly trampoline-related traps. He loves his job until he starts to fall for one of his victims, a no-nonsense businesswoman who is afraid of trampolines. Can he help her conquer her fear of commitment? And does she feel the same way? Or is she just trying to escape his trampoline hell zone?
1: Does the song have to do with trampolines?
0: Uh sort of.
1: <laughs> I do I do not think I know this.
0: It's Jump by Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> the the tagline for the movie is Might as well. Well, thanks oh for God. playing my game.
1: I really I really like the concept of free fallen That that one is really good.
0: You you would think that that would be the one that spawned the whole game, but actually I thought of that one last and I was wow. really proud of it cuz like it sounds like a real like like rom-com. Like I would wa- watch the fuck out of that.
1: It absolutely it absolutely
0: does. Yeah, you know, Adam said he wanted to be in more rom-coms. Maybe we pitch him this. We get him <laughs> we, we get him, him up this. in here.
1: But, you know, he doesn't have the best um, record with skydiving.
0: No, he does not. (laughs) It would end in tragedy.
1: Brody Quest. I'm Josette.
0: And I'm Shannon. And here on Brody Quest, what we like to do is we like to take a deep chronological journey through the works of actor Adam Brody. And uh, just like last week, today we're talking about the OC again because we finally made it to good old Orange County. And you know what? I don't feel like leaving yet. I I like the vibe. Let's hang out for a little bit.
1: Um. Yeah. So today I have uh, selected a couple episodes that I think need to be talked about for one reason or another. And I'm just going to share them with Shannon. And this is going to be interesting because Shannon has not actually seen some of these episodes. So it's going to be an interesting journey for him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be an experience. I am bad at watching shows that the episodes are longer than 20 minutes because I'm a piece of shit. Um I don't know, like, I I love, like, I love The O.C. This is well documented. I think that the show is great. I think it's super entertaining. Obviously, I love my boy Adam Brody. Love Ben McKenzie, too. I love Rachel B. I love everybody. It's a great show. For some reason, I will want to watch it and just not put an episode on. Like, I'll be thinking about it. I'll be like, this show is so good, and I just can't bring myself to put on an episode. So I'm sort of lingering, like, halfway through season three, I think.
1: Well, there are going to be some spoilers, some of which I'm sure you already know, uh, and maybe some that you don't, but too bad.
0: Um. That's fine. <laughs> I had my chance.
1: So so to get started, we're going to be talking about the season three finale, The Graduates, because um, I feel like it has to be talked about. Um, and watching this, watching this episode and the next episode, I was just reminded of like, how insane it is that this show can have really sincere genuine moments like because this show is buck wild the things that happen (laughs) on it are absolutely insane but both these two episodes are like so weirdly grounded and like emotional and i was crying and Mm -hmm. um so yeah we can just dive dive into some some things i wanted to share about them so
0: okay yeah
1: uh so fun fact this one starts with in the previous episode uh seth had been ordered to go to the newport group offices to get something and he was upset and so he went and he smoked a joint there and he didn't put it out and the whole building caught on fire (laughs)
0: Oh, yikes, so yikes. a really,
1: really good start. And so that happens. And he, he lied about what happened. He said he like, he went and grabbed the stuff and he doesn't know how the fire started. Um, but then there's this scene where like Sandy is just being so incredibly kind to him. And Seth literally says, he goes, Sandy Cohen, why do you have to be the best father? Aww. And he like comes clean. He like comes clean to him just because he can't take the guilt of lying and this was early on in the episode and I already started tearing up just cause like that shit of just like, I just love seeing good parents in television shows, just like good parent kid relationships that are built on trust. Yeah. And so I just, I absolutely love that. Um, That's adorable.
0: Sandy. Yeah, you, I love him. He makes mistakes, but I just can't help but love him.
1: Yeah, no, he isn't. He is absolutely incredible. Um, there's also a really cute scene in this Where they're just kind of waiting around And Summer and Seth are just playing patty cake oh. And it's absolutely adorable It is so precious They're just sitting there happily playing patty cake Until someone interrupts them And I love it so much
0: Is this, is this during the era when Rachel Bilson and Adam Brody were actually dating?
1: I think it was, yes
0: do you think that was just like a little improvised moment? Like they were just doing that on set?
1: Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. That's it seemed so very cute. just like natural and it was adorable. Um, Yeah, there's also lots of good stuff in this one. We're just, once again, that anytime that like Kirsten or Sandy are in parent mode around Ryan, it melts my heart mm. just because it shows oh. like how much. And so there's a scene in this one where, um, Ryan's mom came for graduation because, like, they're this is at a point where their relationship they're kind of rebuilding it. And so she came to his graduation and they like have a nice moment. And then she's leaving, and there's still kind of this recognition of, like, okay, we're better now, but you still can't, you know, you're still not equipped to really be my parent. And, mm-hmm. like, as she's, you know, there's just kind of this emotional tension in the air as she's leaving and Kirsten just like comes up and puts her hand on Ryan's shoulder and like starts rubbing his back like to comfort him and it just it made me cry so hard just I just love I when she that. goes into mom mode for Ryan.
0: That's um, so sweet.
1: And so the the I'm kind of a mess right here, because I'm just, I'm going off of my notes that I took, which weren't coherent, so I'm kind of just yes. s- spewing <laughs> out thoughts. Um, But the main plot of this episode is that they're graduating, obviously, and so yeah. they're all kind of trying to decide what they're, what they're going to do, because Summer got into Brown, but Seth didn't, and so there's, like, tension there of what he's going to be doing, and, um, and... Marissa decides she... Well, she didn't get into Berkeley. And she decides she wants to go... To work on a yacht that her dad's working on. So, like, uh-huh. she's, gonna be, she's gonna be leaving. So there's, like, this kind of emotional tension between that... Um, of Marissa leaving. And they have this really nice, like, final... They, like... There's, like, Taylor's putting on this huge graduation party. But they're all like, let's just hang out, the four of us. And they go back to the model home... From the very first oh. season. And it's just the four of them. Like hanging out and talking. And, and then they really... catch it on fire. <laughs> they don't catch <laughs> it on fire this time. But. Um, but it's really funny. Because they start you know reminiscing. And talking about how they all met. And how everything has changed. And Summer goes. I can't believe I had a thing for Ryan. And then Ryan's like. Yeah but you know. None of us would have known each other. If you hadn't invited me to that party. And Seth just goes. Wait, you said she invited me to the party, oh. and so it's fucking hilarious that it has been like two or three years, and Seth never ever knew that that lie had occurred, <laughs> and like he is now his whole relationship, he never knew that. It's so funny to me.
0: That's so. That's cute, though. Fuck, that's
1: yeah, cute. It was adorable. Um, and then. <laughs> with- When Marissa is leaving, Marissa gets up to leave and Seth doesn't even want to hug her. Summer has to be like, guys, hug, say goodbye. Because Seth wasn't even going to hug her to say goodbye. And it's so painfully awkward, (laughs) but also hilarious. Wait, why? Just because they're like awkward. They weren't close. Like, it's just kind of, it kind of pointed out the way that they did such, they did such a bad job of developing marissa and seth's relationship like marissa and seth only interacted when they had to do something for ryan so it was was just really funny to kind of highlight how like their relationship was so underdeveloped that's Um, that's
0: kind of lame because in the uh tijuana episode when they're all driving there seth is playing his weird music and summer is making fun of him but then marissa has that line where she like actually knows seth's music and i think that's the episode it was in isn't one of the episodes where like marissa actually listens to the same music as seth Mm -hmm. and like compliments him on his music taste it could develop that more that's a bummer
1: yeah no it definitely could have been better um and so then it comes down to uh ryan ryan says he wants to drive marissa to the airport because he says i was i was the first you were the first face i saw here you know i'd like i'd like mine to be your last um, oh. which, in hind- which in hindsight That line hurts a lot
0: Yeah that's <laughs> um, rough
1: And And so And so he drives her to the airport And they have this really They have a really tender moment where they're all talking Just kind of about their relationship And how things went wrong Cause you know at the time they're not together um, And so they're just talking About kind of their whole history And <laughs> Ryan says really Earnestly he says you know but I wouldn't have done any of it differently. And then he just pauses and goes, except maybe Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is just incredible. Absolutely incredible.
0: Two full seasons later, he Oliver still is getting shit. That's yep. appropriate. That's how it needs it's, to be.
1: It's absolutely what he deserves. Um. Anyways, then they get in a car crash and we don't really have to talk about it. It's, it's really rough to see. I don't, I don't want to talk about it that much. I I will say there's really good parallels of him, you know, carrying her out of it, just like he was in that alley in Tijuana. Um, And also
0: carrying her inside in the very first, in the pilot that we talked about.
1: So there's, like, some shots that are really good parallels. But it's just really heartbreaking. It's awful. Mm. Um, Like, and I understand why they did it. But also, couldn't she just, like, have gone on a boat? And just never talk to them again. Like, couldn't she have had a happy ending? It's a little upsetting to me. Um, a little bit. I also started laughing because I imagined at the moment of impact, um, and what you say would just start playing <laughs> in my head.
0: Well, it's a, it's a different Imogen Heat song.
1: Yeah, but it's, it. I just couldn't get over how funny it would be if they continued to use hide and seek. They <laughs> should have. Any, any tragedy that just comes out. Um, they should
0: yeah because like especially they. but it's it's they do it once per season and it's every season finale they get to use hide and seek they get one hide and seek per season
1: yep you got it you got to bring it out for the finale um if i ever make that, a tv
0: show that's what i'm doing
1: you're gonna i think if i would make a tv show i would use hide and seek in every single episode <laughs> not not because it was the theme song i would just find a way to put it into every single episode it's an incredible oh, song like,
0: and like some episodes, it's like just playing in the background kind of distantly. It's like the pineapple in Psych. Like you have to like yeah. look for it a little bit you in gotta, some, and some gotta, other ones. You got to really find. Obvious.
1: It's it's like you're playing hide and seek.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I but chose that, that moment to take a drink of smoothie. That was poor decision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but that leads pretty easily into uh, the next episode, season four, episode one, The Avengers and this is where oh, things, hell yeah
0: tony stark is gonna be here
1: this is where things get whack tony stark is not there um by sadly, Spider-Man.
0: there's
1: there are no marvel avengers uh present um but
0: you said that it was them
1: no it's that just a, a different avengers um the joker
0: is he there is the joker there he's why funny i the, like him
1: why would the joker be there
0: we live we live in a society that's my joker <laughs>
1: Marissa just died. Can you stop making jokes?
0: No, I can cope with humor. <laughs>
1: um, this episode is very dark. <laughs> okay. Obviously. And it starts with this mysterious thing where Ryan gets a phone call and you can only hear his side of the conversation, but he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll be right over there." And he goes and at the it opens up and he's in this dingy... He's staying in this dingy little... It's not even an apartment. But he's staying in this dingy little room that is clearly not at the Cohens. And so you're like, why is he staying in this room? And he gets this mm-hmm. mysterious phone call. And you see Sandy is there. And Sandy starts tailing him. Because he's, like, worried about him and wants to see where he's going. And he meets Julie Cooper at a hotel room. And she goes, oh, thank no. God, I'm glad you met me. And so, like... I still don't know if I'm just picking up on this because I'm a dumb bitch or if they were trying to trick the audience a little bit into thinking that Ryan and Julie were having an affair. Because if so, that is absolutely bonkers.
0: She does have a track record of sleeping with Marissa's old boyfriends, though. But not after-
1: I just feel like this would be an especially bad one, you know, after her daughter died to then hook up with her ex-boyfriend, like.
0: But it's Julie Cooper.
1: (laughs) But then we get a bunch of really cute montages of, so Seth um, ended up getting into this art school, but he, because it was so late, he has to start a semester later. So for this, like, first semester, he's just stuck in Newport Beach And so we get all these scenes of, like, what he's been doing as he's stuck there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he's, like, he was invited to one of the uh, Noopsy lunches. So he's, like, chatting up with all of, like, the moms from Newport (laughs) Beach and, like, laughing at their jokes and, like, making them laugh. And it's just so funny. And then there's a really cute scene of him, like, bonding with Dr. Roberts they're like watching sports together and like, it's just adorable. <laughs> it's so adorable. And then Chris Pratt shows up.
0: What? Which is,
1: yeah, an interesting choice. Um
0: <laughs> So it is the Avengers. So you fucking lied.
1: I, okay, I, no, hey, hey. Y-
0: you, you said Lord there were no, mo- you Star- said no, there were no.
1: Star-Lord is not an Avenger. He is a guardian of the galaxy, bitch. Don't try and don't try and get me. He was in Avengers Infinity War, but he is I mean, not he an Avenger. Avengers. He is he's not an Avenger. To, just a I'm going to put out I'm going to put out a poll. Is Star-Lord an Avenger? He is not.
0: Man. Um,
1: but there's a really funny plot with um he's trying to get Summer to go to this protest um about Chickens. Oh, being... so
0: we're at Brown now.
1: Yes, we're at Brown. He now.
0: doesn't show up at Newport. No, gotcha. no, no. Okay. He
1: is not in Newport. He is at Brown in summer. And he's trying to get her to go to this protest. And she's like in a room because she's listening to a message from Seth. And then he's like trying to get her to come out. And she goes, Yeah, just a second. And then he goes, Every second that goes by, another chicken is caged. And he just says it like so earnestly. It just reminded me that Chris Pratt is so good at comedy; it pisses me off. He's so good. He's so funny, and it's annoying. Yeah, him in
0: Parks in Iraq is amazing.
1: Yeah, he is so funny. Ryan. Oh my continues. god, he looks
0: like his character in Parks in Iraq. It's like Andy yeah. turned up.
1: Yeah, it's Andy to the max. So this is where it really gets interesting. That I want to, I want to see how you feel about this. <laughs> so, Ryan, um, like I said, had left the Cohens. He is now bartending, which. I don't think is legal, but he's working at a bar and staying in a, like, just a back room in the bar. And at night, he uh, goes cage fighting.
0: Wait, what? What? No, wait.
1: (laughs) Yep, at night, he goes and beats, well, gets the shit beat out of him um, in these cage fighting matches. um, Because he is just so torn up over losing Marissa. And his only answer is violence.
0: (laughs) So he wakes up every morning and chooses violence is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Yes. Ryan Atwood wakes up every morning and chooses violence.
0: Does he have like a Um, fun costume? No, 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 no. This is important. Does he have a fun costume?
1: No, he's, but he's shirtless and sweaty and it's fantastic.
0: I can work with that.
1: But here's the craziest thing, because this is where you show that he's truly fucked up. Is he goes and he does these fights and then, you know, obviously people bet on it and then the fighters like get paid, the winner gets paid. He refuses to take the money. He just does it solely because he likes the violence.
0: Oh, hell yeah. We get a dark and gritty reboot of the OC, which is a wild thing to try to say out loud with my mouth. (laughs)
1: No, it really does feel like this season four opening is just really dark. I literally think they made the color grading like darker in the (laughs) like scenes with Ryan.
0: They were really just
1: trying to show that like he was in the worst place possible. And this whole time, like the Coens are trying to reach out to him and he just will ignore them. And like, finally, when Seth talks to him and is like, just come back, we want to see you. We miss you. Ryan is like no i only bring trouble you're better off without me so you know he's all like wounded and 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 trying to be distant so they finally uh summer flies back um because mm-hmm. she's like and this is my favorite moment because i live for once again we talked about how poorly developed marissa and seth's relationship was i yeah. live for summer ryan interactions i love <laughs> their i love their friendship so much and i just i i adore them so summer flies back and shows up and is basically like you're not listening to anyone so i'm here to boss you around and make you get your life back together Um, and i i love her for it and she um she is also clearly dealing with uh problems she's kind of seemingly stuck in the denial stage of uh of of grief because she's just kind of like acting like everything's totally fine Uh so we don't really delve into her problems in this episode because she's mostly Mm. acting like she's doing great but they come up with this plan and this is where the water works really really come out summer comes up with this plan to convince ryan to come back and so she has seth draws this entire comic book makes this comic book That is, like, Ryan's origin story and basically, like, the story of how him coming and arriving in Newport Beach, like, saved each of them because, like, Seth was lonely and invisible and didn't really have anyone and, like, Ryan came and pulled him out of that and, like, Kirsten was closed off and only worried about work and, like, Ryan taught her to, like be more focused on her family and just her own happiness. And it's just like it was so emotional and so adorable that they made this I'm
0: whole no joke right, right now.
1: Yeah, no, I me too. I'm tearing up. Um and so Fuck. they 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 do that to try and convince him, you know, to come back and it kind of works. He softens up and this it this episode is genuinely I like I choose to ignore the stuff that's going on with Julie where she's like has this vendetta and wants to like hunt down Volchek and stuff. Um that's his name, right?
0: I have no clue what you're talking about anymore.
1: Oh, okay. Anyways, I guess you haven't gone to him yet. Yeah, it's just like this I was watching this and I was blown away by how it was just genuinely such a well-done episode like all of the emotions are well done every character. Like, they show how each character is dealing with the grief, and it's so just well done and honest and genuine, and it made me cry multiple times. <laughs> um,
0: That's really sweet.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Um, but that brings us into <laughs> Season 4, Episode 7, The Chris McCuh-huh? and oh, yes- no. <laughs> I know I said that weird, that it's because the name is weird, and the name is not the weirdest part of this episode. Um.
0: (laughs) What happens in it? I don't know this one at all.
1: So, this episode starts with, um, they're getting ready for Chris gonna have a big get-together. And Kirsten is trying to convince Ryan to invite Taylor. And, do you know Taylor? You know Taylor, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Okay. And so, because Taylor becomes kind of a more main character once Marissa leaves. Gotcha. And so she's trying to get him to invite Taylor, but he's convinced if he invites Taylor, that'll mean that, like, they're in a relationship and he's not sure he's ready for that yet. So, like, he doesn't want to invite her, but Taylor is super into him. And so she, like, comes over to give him this gift and he's kind of cold because... There's other weird stuff going on. He received a letter from Marissa that somehow got lost in the month uh, in the mail for five months. And like so, like, fire. so he sees, just wait, Shane, and just wait. This is only the very beginning. So he's kind of messed up because he just read this letter from Marissa. And so, like, all of that grief is kind of coming back. And so he just doesn't want to deal with Taylor because he's, like, now thinking about Marissa again but she's really annoyed with him for, like, not addressing his feelings towards her. And so he's up hanging Christmas decorations on this ladder, and she gets all mad at him. And so she's like, take the gift. And he's like, no, I don't want your gift. And she's like, no, like, take the gift. And so she starts climbing up the ladder and, like, trying to give him the gift, and the ladder falls over. They both fall off the roof (laughs) and apparently hit their heads or something, and they go into, like linked comas what so the rest once again all of that happens in like the first five or ten minutes the rest of the episode takes place inside of their coma dream
0: no it doesn't what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got to so, watch this fucking episode. Are you serious? Yeah. How early, how, how far into the episode are we when that happens?
1: When they go into the comas? Yeah. Maybe 10 minutes.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah. And so within their comas, which like they say is like a, a Taylor says is like, this must be an alternate universe that we got sent to. And wait, have so to they're something. even
0: aware of it and of each other.
1: Yes, they can see each other in their. They are in comas and they can see each other and interact with each other. And they find out that they're in this alternate world because nobody knows who they are except each other. Everyone they go to is like, so they're in this alternate world where they never existed. So
0: it's a wonderful life kind of situation. It's a
1: very this wonderful life situation because everything is wrong because Ryan never showed up. So Seth. Never like got with Summer, so Summer's getting married to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um and uh Sandy and Kirsten have gotten divorced and they are both remarried. Sandy's now married to Julie and no. <laughs> Kirsten is married to Jimmy. Jimmy uh, makes a comeback. Jimmy hasn't been in yeah. it for like a season and a half and Jimmy makes a comeback.
0: Just just to just to finally win out with Kirsten. Lucky guy. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, so they decide. Okay, we're in this alternate universe. We have to fix what is wrong, and then we'll be able to be sent back to our universe. <laughs> so, cool. They have to try and get the correct people back together. So they're like, you know, playing. but once again, but nobody knows who they are. So they have to like sneak around, and kind of play detective, and like manipulate uh, like them into getting back together. Um, buck wild and then and then taylor has this moment where she sees her alternate universe mom and she kind of goes up and finally stands up to her mom and then she's like oh like that was what i needed to do like i'm i'm the way it's done is so whack she's like it seems like she's in pain or something she keeps like keeling over and then she's like Ryan I did what I came to do like that must have been all that I needed like it's my time to go and she just turns around and walks out and then like when Ryan walks into the other room to try and find her she's just gone but the way that she just turns around and walks out was genuinely so funny because it was just like the least it it was so anticlimactic she didn't even
0: do like a cool effect yeah, life. she
1: didn't, like, burst into light or, like, something. She just walked out of the she room. She could
0: have even just Back to the Future faded away. Like, you, all you need is just a slow dissolve on her. Like
1: Yeah, so then um, Ryan, because he has now crashed this party and made a mess of everyone because, like, he was trying to get people back together, he gets sent to jail. Well, before security drags him out, he makes this big speech about how he's, like, summer, like you're not a bimbo like you're acting like it you're smart and you don't belong with this other guy you belong with seth and like sandy and kirsten like he's like sandy oh my gosh i didn't even mention sandy's the fucking mayor
0: what the fuck
1: There is so much crazy shit in this episode. I can't even keep track of it at all. Sandy is the mayor in this alternate universe. So, Ryan is like, "Sandy, you don't want to be the mayor. You don't want to be locked in some like room making decisions. You're about helping the little guy. Like that's what's true to you." Fact. And Kirsten, you hate the Newport. You hate the Newport group. It makes you miserable. Like you don't want to be running it. And so he makes this big speech to all of them and then security drags him out and he's taken to jail. But then Sandy comes and bails him out. Even though, once again, in this world, this is like a complete stranger that just crashed his party and caused a bunch of problems.
0: But that's what Sandy's all about.
1: Even in this alternate universe, Sandy is still the nicest human in the entire world. And so he he says to Ryan, he's like, I don't know who you are or what you're doing here, but like a lot of what you said made sense. Um, And Ryan kind of asks, he's like, what happened with you guys? Like, your family used to be so strong. What happened? And Sandy goes, well, it all started when Marissa Cooper died. <laughs> and so, whoa, oh he basically just says that, like, after that, no one dealt with their grief and no one moved on. And so everyone just kind of got stuck and, like, fell apart. And so this is the subtle, them subtly telling Ryan to get over Marissa.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, super subtle, dog.
1: And so... And so,
0: Ryan, then, to pick that one up.
1: Ryan finally wakes up from his coma, and he now decides that he can move on from Marissa and he can be with Taylor. <sighs> and uh, everyone's happy and celebrates Christmas, Chris, Christmaca. And it's the most insane thing I've ever watched.
0: <laughs> I remember when this was a show about beach teens.
1: It is still about beach teens. They're just beach teens in an alternate universe coma.
0: That's nuts. Do they never like? I mean, what could you even say? I was gonna say they tried the to justify. Here's the thing. Here's the
1: thing. They so they both they both wake up, and um, because Taylor had woken up earlier because you know she solved her issues first. Yeah. And so she's like sitting by Ryan's bedside, and he wakes up, and he looks at her, and he's like. Oh, that's weird. I think you, I had a dream about you, but I can't really remember it. And she's like, oh, I think you were in my dream, too. So they like they do acknowledge it. Which is even more whack.
0: But like. The OC says, are you? Are you injury. OK? Yeah. Are, no, I don't are you like pro- that. Are you processing? <laughs> I don't. It's it, it's something that really bugs me. About in TV shows and it's super stupid but like when internal logic is just just doesn't exist it like it it like physically upsets me (laughs) I, I don't know what it is but it's like it's like stuff like that where like shows that haven't pre established that like hey, magical shared dreams are possible in this world and then it just happens in like season four like that's just whack or like this this isn't it doesn't fit the vibe. You know?
1: Yeah. No, for sure.
0: It also bugs me. This is a tangent, but it bugs me when in TV shows they will make references to famous pieces of media and then they will have actors from that famous piece of media on as guest stars. And it's never addressed because like, why would it be? But it's like,
1: Oh, you mean like in Bones when it's made clear that um, Bones is a really big Cindy Lauper fan and then later Cindy Lauper shows up playing a psychic?
0: Exactly. Exactly like that. Or like <laughs> how uh, in like 30 Rock, Tina Fey's character makes jokes about Star Wars literally at least once an episode. Like she goes to court dressed as Princess Leia at one point and then Carrie Fisher's in an episode where I'm like, wouldn't you recognize Carrie yeah, Fisher? Yeah, that's... Or, like, even worse, That's like, upsetting. Friends, how they talk about Die Hard all the time, and then Bruce Willis is Rachel's dad. And it's like, you don't think that you would maybe... Like, it's stupid, because obviously it's all fake, but it fucks me up for some Imagine being <laughs> neurotypical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, moving on to my, my final piece, um... Which is the finale of the show, which I just finished watching right before we recorded this, and I cried a lot. Hell yeah. Um, and so it opens, there is an earthquake. There is a huge earthquake, and it ruined the Cohen's house. Mm-hmm. Um. So, oh, also, Kirsten is pregnant. <laughs> Whoa. Just need to get some of these things out of the way, because they're going to be important to the plot.
0: And it is Sandy's, right? Yes, it is Sandy's. Okay, with this show, I just have to check.
1: They're happy together. Everything is fine. Um, but there was this earthquake and it ruined the Coen's house. So this, the finale opens like a few months after the earthquake and everybody is living at the Coopers, at Julie Cooper's house. All of Wild. the Coens are living at Julie Cooper's house. Um, And... So, they've been living there, but they're, like, looking for a new place. Seth and Summer have basically just, like, fallen into this rut where all they do all day is sit around and watch TV. They have, like, matching uh, Lazy Boy armchairs <laughs> that they just sit in. Awesome. There's, like, in there's a scene where uh, Sandy comes in and is like, hey, we're going to go look for a new house if you want to come. And Seth just goes, but this chair is my home now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so everyone's just kind of they're stuck in a rut, and the Cohens are like looking for a new house, but they're unhappy with anything they find, and they just feel like they just feel like nothing is right. So then Ryan comes up with this brilliant idea.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Ryan is like, we are gonna go back and we're gonna find their house in Berkeley because they talked about how that like they had their happiest memories there before they moved to Newport Beach. And so Ryan and Seth show up on the doorstep of this poor couple who owns this house now. And they just (laughs) knock on their door and say, hello, we'd like to buy your
0: house. Delightful.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um, And so the people are obviously like, well, that's very sweet, but no, this is our house. We like it. And so... Then they're like, okay, we need to really, if we want to get this, we need to get Sandy and Kirsten out here. That'll convince them. <laughs> so then they get Sandy and Kirsten to come and they show up and they're like,
0: hey, like, we would like to buy we your just house. really <laughs> like,
1: we'd like to buy your house. And the couple is still like, um, no. And then Sandy's like, oh, well, can we just look around? And Kirsten's like, yeah, I need to use her bathroom. And of course they let her because she's a pregnant woman. And she goes into use their bathroom, and then she goes into labor. Oh no! <laughs> so now she is having this baby inside of these people's house, and one of the guys just happened to be a midwife. So he's like, "I can deliver your baby."
0: Nice. That's convenient.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very convenient. Um, meanwhile, during this whole thing, um, Julie Cooper is also getting married to someone who you don't know. It's not important because. Okay. It won't. You don't know who it is, so it won't make any sense. <laughs> um But so she's going to get married, but then like the Coens are now stuck in Berkeley because they just had this baby. So they like can't come to the wedding and Kirsten was supposed to be like the maid of honor. And Julie is like, I can't do this without Kirsten. So her very rich fiance just flies out, flies the entire wedding party out to Berkeley. So now... An entire wedding party shows up on the doorstep of this poor couple. (laughs) (laughs) And they say, hey, we're going to get married in your backyard. (laughs) And they do. Rad. And so after all of that happens, um, after all of that happens, the couple says, okay, you can have our house. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) They they literally say, they go on this thing about how, like, like, they literally say, this is your house, we're just living in it. Like clearly this is destiny and you guys need to have this house. So we'll it's sell it. It's not destiny.
0: They showed up and wouldn't leave. It's not destiny. They didn't happen on this house. They purposely went there and then just kept hanging around.
1: Yeah, so so that was all insane once again it's like very sweet if you just ignore any of the logic (laughs) because if you try to think about the logic of it it is nonsense but if you ignore it all it's like a really sweet thing happening there's also a really funny line where um so summer has this pet bunny named pancakes i don't know if you have met pancakes yet um, I don't think so But Summer finds out that Pancakes, first of all, is not a boy like she thought, is a girl And that Pancakes was pregnant and had babies under her bed and she just was unaware So she has just a ton of bunnies now And she there's this moment where she just goes She goes, Pancakes, was, pancakes had babies? How did that happen? And then she just kind of gasps and goes, I'm a bad crack mother And I lost
0: it <laughs> I love Summer.
1: And then it gets a little sad for a moment because um, Summer, and the first time I watched this, I really thought things were going to go badly. Um, Summer and Seth kind of have this conversation about how neither of them are happy because they're both just like stuck and not doing what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. So Seth encourages Summer to go basically join this like environmental organization that's like, touring the country doing different protests and stuff adorable yeah and so like he tells her because this is something she had wanted to do earlier but then the earthquake happened so she ended up not doing it but he's like you have to go do this and um so then there's a sweet a sweet scene where they're like saying goodbye to her and once again we get more that Ryan Summer content. They say goodbye, and then Ryan pull- Ryan says and thanks for flapjack. And he reaches into his hoodie pocket and he pulls out a baby bunny. And oh. it's the most it is the most incredible moment ever. And then Summer and Seth say goodbye. And there, I when I the first time I watched this, I genuinely thought that they were just not gonna be endgame. I thought that they were breaking up for real, and it broke my heart. But Summer says. This isn't goodbye. You're my destiny, Cohen. And Seth just replies, go save the world, Summer Roberts. Oh, And it's a punch in the gut. But then we get a little flash forward and we see Ryan at Berkeley and he's happy going to school there. And we see Taylor's headed off to Paris. And um, we see... The final little scene. Well, yeah, the final scene is um, a flash forward to Seth and Summer's wedding. And it's just the most adorable. There's this little part where she's walking down the aisle. And she, like, makes eye contact with Seth. And she kind of just, like, sticks her tongue out. And he, like, rolls his eyes. And it's (laughs) just so precious. They're just the most precious. And I adore them. And I was just struck by... Like, just a reminder of how much I love the show. It is ridiculous, and it is, like, it's taxing to watch sometimes because it is so insane. But then there's just moments where they pull off, they're just good at being true to their characters and pulling off these really emotional moments. And so I was just reminded, like, damn, this is a good show.
0: Yeah. I think those are my favorite moments of the show. Is when it like slows down and you just get these interactions between the characters that like are totally inconsequential, but they're so true to who the characters are, and they're just like they're just cute and they just fill your heart with love. It's just so good. Yeah. I think I've told you this before, but just for the benefit of the podcast, uh, I found out that because Rachel Bilson and Adam Brody were dating during the show, but then they broke up in early season four, and so Seth and Summer having an on-screen like wedding sequence was done entirely as a prank by the writers on Rachel Bilson and Adam <laughs> Brody like originally it was that just is... going to be like yeah of course they end up together and it's going to be like just mentioned it wasn't going to be like a whole big thing but they're like now nah, let's make them enact their own wedding after they just broke up
1: <laughs> that is so cruel that is awful
0: <laughs> Which... but it
1: is but the wedding is really cute so I don't mind
0: and it's all that's also hilarious <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I'm sorry. I just kind of ran. You didn't have a lot. You didn't get to say a lot because you hadn't seen it. But um, that's all I have to say.
0: That was great. I'm good with that. I'm fine. You are much you're more uh, you're more good at speaking than I is. So <laughs> I, I I'm think good. That's fine. I'm
1: good with those words.
0: I don't have anything to say about those episodes particularly. They sound fucking wild. And at one point you did just make me cry by describing one of the scenes. So good job on that. <laughs> This is mostly unrelated, but we have like a solid little chunk of time. Have you ever taken the what OC character am I quiz?
1: I don't believe I have.
0: Okay, well, I have. I got Sandy Cohen, which rules.
1: Oh, that's incredible.
0: Oh, my God. It's so old. It's it's BuzzFeed, but it's so old that none of the images are there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, I have to like archive.org this BuzzFeed quiz because I want to know. I don't know about you, but I want to know which character you are.
1: I want to know. I have a feel. I have a feeling, I know, but I want to know for sure.
0: Get, do you want to call your shot right now?
1: Well, I was just saying, it's just because I wrote down in my notes, I skipped over this, but I wrote down in my notes at one point, I said, I relate so much to Marissa and that makes me very sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, look so at this. I
1: have one fear and that is that I am too much like Marissa Cooper.
0: <laughs> one fear. Okay, take okay. that quiz.
1: I'm doing it. Do you want me to say everything I'm doing out loud as I do it?
0: Uh, You can. I might edit it out.
1: Okay. Well, I'll just do it for you. Okay. I'm picking a friend's character. I'm mm-hmm. picking Chandler, obviously.
0: That's correct. That's
1: a dumb question.
0: They do have Paul Rudd's character as an option, though.
1: <laughs> they do, and I love Paul Rudd. But And, like, and as we sister, say on this
0: podcast, that's a good Paul Rudd.
1: That's a good Paul Rudd. That is a good Paul Rudd. That's
0: that a is a good, Paul, good Paul, Rudd. Paul Rudd. But
1: he just wasn't as integral to the show, where, like, Chandler is the show, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm picking a Lindsay Lohan movie. Oh, this is tough. This is real tough. It shouldn't be. Okay, well, you clearly never watched Life Size, because it's an incredible movie. I'm gonna go with Parent Trap, but there's a lot of good options. But Parent Trap has my heart.
0: I still think that there is a Lindsay Lohan clone out there somewhere, that they're just keeping in imprisonment. (laughs) I created it for this movie, and then she wasn't allowed to live a full life afterwards. Which is, re- which is really tragic So guys I'm starting a petition to free the Lindsay Lohan Clone you can find it it'll be in the Description of the episode um, Please sign it it's really important It's a really important cause this Lindsay Lohan clone deserves a, as full of life As the real Lindsay Lohan
1: Okay I'm picking a Miley Cyrus song um, I'm gonna Go with I'm gonna go with seven things even though Fly on the Wall is A complete banger of a song
0: Okay I only know uh, two of these songs. <laughs>
1: Do you know seven things? Nope. Oh, oh my gosh. Shannon, I'm going to make you go listen to Breakout by Miley Cyrus, which is one of her first albums. Such good music. You need to go <laughs> listen to that
0: album. Okay. Uh, Pick I, a
1: color pink.
0: Sorry, wait, 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 the wait. wait. To In between you you're doing the next question, I have a ad. Or no, it's a, art- another different, a different BuzzFeed article that's on the side of this quiz that I'm looking at. And it says, the unfair advantages of being attractive. And then right below that, 16 things Russians do that Americans would find weird. <laughs> oh, BuzzFeed. Okay, next one.
1: Um, I'm picking a cheese. I'm going to go with brie. I like brie a lot.
0: You skipped weather. Um, brie is a good well, no, cheese. I just
1: I just did it while you were talking. Um, I said only slightly rainy. I like it when it's raining a bit, but not too much. That is Correct. my favorite weather. Oh, God, I have to pick a... Do they... They better have New York Minute. Yes, they do. I'm picking New York <laughs> Minute for my Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, because New York Minute... Um. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this isn't what I expected, but it could be worse. Uh-huh. I got Caitlyn.
0: Hell, yeah. I don't remember who that is.
1: And <laughs> you do... <laughs> You don't know Caitlyn, Caitlin Cooper,
0: Marissa's sister. Oh shit, she's so funny because she's never in the show.
1: Well, she and they're
0: just constantly y- making up excuses as to why she's not there, and it's one of my favorite recurring things in the show. Is she'll be like, "Oh, Caitlyn's at horse camp," <laughs> like, "Oh, cool." She
1: becomes well. I also find it funny that she was um, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Why can't I remember her fucking name? Just give me a second, I'm finding her name. This is gonna be really embarrassing. Shailene Woodley. I love that she was Shailene Woodley and then she went to horse camp and came back as someone else.
0: Wait, what? Um,
1: yeah, in the first like few episodes when Caitlin was in it, it was, she was played by Shailene Woodley.
0: That is fucking nuts.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my God, you're so right. There's a news article, Shailene Woodley said that being on the OC is one of her proudest moments. Damn straight it is.
1: Anyways, I'm Caitlin Cooper. And that's, that's pretty good. It's not as good as a Sandy, but it's still all right. Because you don't know, but in season four, Caitlin becomes much more of a main character. And I like her. She's pretty. She, she's good. So I'm pretty good happy with those results.
0: I took it along with you just to make sure I got the same result. And yeah, I still got Sandy. Still Sandy. That's, the description is you're the nicest, most attractive, wisest person in the world. <laughs> Damn. So that was a nice ego boost for today
1: uh well thank you for listening to this part two episode we're not entirely sure what is coming up next the next few weeks are a little hazy but yeah we will figure we, we will figure something out and if we figure it out we may tweet it out so shane and where can people follow us
0: Well, you can follow us on Twitter, at BrodyQuestPod, and that's a great place to stay up to date on whether we're going to be super duper late, putting out an episode, when episodes do come out, when we're going to be late again, maybe when we're going to miss an entire week of doing episode, and also maybe sometimes we'll, I don't know, tweet something funny. One time I, I, I surveyed everybody to see if murder or adultery was worse, and the results were wrong. Um, I'm
1: going to tw- I'm gonna tweet a poll asking if
0: Star-Lord is an Avenger. You don't have to. I know that he's not. It's a bit. I wanna... Please don't.
1: Okay, <laughs> Please fine, don't. fine, fine. As long uh, as w- you admit that you were wrong.
0: I, I was wrong. I was wrong about okay. everything. I'm always wrong. Um, <laughs> I will be also this week tweeting out a link to my uh, change.org petition to free Lindsay Lohan's clone. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Uh, you can also email us, uh, BrodyQuestPod at gmail.com, if you have more uh, long-form things that you want to say to us, or maybe if you have some Adam Brody content that's not one of his you know, like main movie or TV roles that we might be missing out on. Um, we always love to see that, and we'll talk about it on the podcast and give you a little shout-out. Uh, my offer still stands. If you could uncover the mystery of why Adam Brody was at the premiere press event for The Sims 3, I'd love to know, because baffles me and if you do i will say your name in every episode of the of the podcast so you have that little incentive. for
1: all time for the rest for of this time. podcast for the wow. rest of the
0: entire I, at the end of every episode i will say your name
1: okay yeah. that's a good offer someone should get on that
0: as free press <laughs> for your name <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that i'm just set.
0: and i'm Shannon. and remember
1: adam brody says your future is bright